Yo. What's up? <laughs> What's up, music lovers? What's up, guys? We're back. We're Side After Dark. Your new favorite band. And your new favorite maniacs. Because we're only maniacs about music. Only music. At least while the microphones are going. <laughs> so, so thanks for being here. Got a great topic. Yeah. Got a great topic. And I apologize in advance if this podcast is a little more tame than usual. Why? But I don't know if I had the stomach to make fun of Stevie Wonder. Oh, no. We're definitely not going to make fun of Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder has a lot of funny things to say, so we will That's have true. some jokes. That's true. Yes. There's going to be jokes. And this is the thing, you know, if y'all know the podcast, we like to make fun of, you know, people and artists, but it's all out of love. Yeah. Because if we didn't love these artists, then yeah. we wouldn't be spending the time to make podcasts about them. Right. But Stevie's just such a wonderful person. Yeah. I can't say anything. I, I can't say no. anything joking about we him. We can like, make fun of some of his choices and some of the things he has to say and stuff like that, but we yeah. can't make fun of stuff like like we can't control like we never made fun of ann wilson for being a heavier lady you yeah, know what yeah, i'm yeah. saying so we would never make fun of stevie just for being blind like that's yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah. and we could curse our own children that way so i'm not having that yeah it's not going down <laughs> so thanks for being here and let's get into stevie <laughs> Here we are on a wonderful Sunday talking about a wonderful Stevie. Yeah. Whoa, that worked out way better than I thought it would. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. It's poetic. So Stevie was not born with the name Stevie Wonder. No, he was not. He was born with a name that's a lot of a, more of a mouthful. It's not even Steven or Stefan. Yeah. It's Stevland. It's Stevland. S to the T to the E-V-L-A-N-D. Hardaway. <laughs> uh-huh. You gonna do that one? Judkins. <laughs> man, oh man. H if- to the eight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do you want me to do it? No, no, it's good. It's over now. The, the moment's passed, guys. The name has been said. <laughs> he's born already. <laughs> yes, he's born. And so 1950. He- what? Uh, 1950. Yes. May 13th. And sorry, he's a tourist like me. I just had to say it. In Saginaw, Michigan. Saginaw. Stevie was born prematurely. Yes, he was. Six weeks. I don't like that number, but anyway, go ahead. That's a lot of weeks yeah. to be born prematurely. It is. It is. So we had to be put into an incubator. Yep. And on that incubator, there was a little too much oxygen. Exactly. Some dumb AB pumped him too much. That's right. I mean, you know, for real. And because of that, as a child, his retinas became detached. Yes. So causing him to have early blindness right away. So he most likely does not remember any type of sight at yes. all. Yeah. Which is crazy. But someone on high intervened and said, oh, you trying to blind children out here? <laughs> I, I, I got something in my Rolodex for that. Okay. Someone on high had something in their arsenal <laughs> for that. Because for people that try to blind children. Yes. Anyway. The nurse was struck down. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. I hope. I hope she she's was maimed. Right, um, she was decapitated. No, just so whoa, <laughs> damn. She couldn't see either after that. No way. Uh, so wow, <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> Stop playing with children. Okay. Okay. So, so unfortunately, um, little Stevland was not able to see. No. Basically, since birth. Right. He never knew what you know the sighted world was. Yes. Um, so because of that, he, you know, obviously he became a little more withdrawn than, you know, a normal little child would be uh-huh. and became completely immersed with music. Yes. Yay. Yeah. Didn't yeah. know a gift was a Bruin. Yes. A very strong gift. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We've been blessed with this man. Okay. As far as I'm concerned. Oh, 100%. Stevie is just like, I would, I was going to call him a national treasure, but he's just a world, he's a yeah, worldwide treasure. Yeah, international. I mean. And we've got some more stats to talk to, to back that up. <laughs> Holy yeah, yeah, crap, yeah. Stevie. Can yeah. we live? Yeah. So <laughs> Stevie, Stevie was just, uh, he was just immersed in music yeah. from a young age because, you know, 
it's it's really interesting like because even like i know you know a lot of sighted musicians when they're really into it they'll close their eyes Mm -hmm. because they kind of feel the music more yeah so i think that's that's a really interesting thing so he never really had the option to be sighted yeah you know what i mean so he must have been feeling music more from like obviously it wasn't his choice but just like from the beginning Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just the rhythms just you know just just generated inside of him right away you know Mm -hmm. because that's what you have vibrations and that's what music is um man and and like right away he started playing lots of instruments he he was one of uh, some places say five children some people say six children i Mm -hmm. don't know exactly what it is so but he was one of he wasn't an only child at all correct and um his family moved to the big city Mm -hmm. of motown when he was about four years old the city of detroit Detroit or Detroit for all you English speakers out there. Exactly. Known as, well, not yet known as Motown. Kind of. There were some motor vehicles being created there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It it did not officially become Motown yet. Right. Right. So, yeah. So Stevie's mom moved there to get away from his dad. Who was kind of abusive. And um, yeah, pretty abusive. They showed a picture of him with a sailor hat. So he was in the Navy. At least he wasn't a total bum. But he did something, maybe he did something with his life, like you know. But uh, yeah, so they moved him away. You know, she ran for her life. I guess he was alcoholic and abusive. The dad and uh, remarried, and uh, uh, Stevie's new name became Morris. Mm-hmm. He dropped the Judkins. He was like, "F Judkins, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> I don't need my heritage." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not if it comes from him. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, so now we got. St- Stevlin, he's not Stevie yet. Not yet, Stevlin. He's clearly a musical prodigy. Do do say I mean, yeah. Kids playing drums. He's playing piano. He's playing bass. He's playing harmonica. Basically, every instrument that he can get his hands on, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna mm-hmm. learn how to do this. Yeah. And yeah. it's just so crazy, like, cause you think, like, like I said before, like a lot of musicians, like, I mean, you can play guitar with your eyes closed. But you learn guitar with your eyes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you didn't or you weren't originally doing it without any sight. No. But he's just like, I'm just going to pick this up and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, well, there are a lot of instruments that could be learned like without your eyes. I feel like guitar and piano would be two great ones to learn with yeah. no eyes. Yeah. yeah. And, and then it, probably there's just the feeling of the metal strings and stuff. Like to me, that kind of like sparks me. Once I put my fingers on the string, it kind of like, it. you. yeah. So yeah. I can could, I could imagine just not having sight and that kind of vibration going into you must be awesome Mm -hmm. so so stevie was you know musical prodigy he's out you know he's singing in like the choir and stuff and they were saying he was literally like out on like the corner like singing yes so just put yourself into this mindset Uh like you're just a person that lives in detroit right and you're just going about your day you're driving through the neighborhood and you see on the corner you see this little blind kid singing his fucking heart out yeah you're like oh my god who is this who is this this is something special really 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 and um let's say the 50s um uh mid 50s late 50s this was the move okay everybody was doing this standing on the corner doing a little doo-wop 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 even if you had no talent my mom's have my mom has friends from brooklyn yeah who like they would be in the hallways in high school in the 50s just singing doo-wop and their parents would be like go get a job like stop singing doo-wop on the corner yeah it's funny. That's literally like the original version of like freestyling on the corner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. I didn't even put that together. Right? Yeah. Because this like that was the music that was popping back then. So you're like, let's get our boys together or yeah. our girls. We're going to we're gonna do, you're going to do this harmony. You're going to do this harmony, blah, blah, blah. And we're just going to make our music on the spot. Yeah. And then, you know, as music progresses, I think, you know, freestyling on the corner is basically the newer version of that. Yeah. And rapping on the corner or whatever. That's interesting. So let's make a little segue. So with the doo-wop on the corner, did you holla at the girls and curse them out if they didn't respond? I bet some of them did. Was there a hoo-hoo, F-U-B? Like, was there I that? I bet they turned it into a song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me you. holla <laughs> at you. <laughs> so. Okay, so, so this, here's the thing. If you're in Motown in this time period mm-hmm. and you have a lot of musical talent, mm-hmm. eventually Barry Gordy's going to find you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's just going to happen. Exactly. Stevie auditions at about 11 yeah. years old for Ronnie. I can't remember his last name. And I honestly can't remember if he's part of the Temptations or the Tops. I can't remember. I think it was the 
temptations i, I don't don't call so. me on I, I feel so i'm so embarrassed i'm sorry guys um but yeah so he auditions for him and then ronnie's like holy crap just yeah. like that he's like i got to take this to barry right now yeah barry gordy obviously being the the owner co-founder everything president whatever he, king. he ran the king <laughs> the king of motown records obviously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, so obviously, I mean, I just can only imagine what they thought when they when Stevie walks in. I mean, have you? I hope that you viewers are fortunate enough to look at footage of Stevie Wonder when he was a young child and how much energy he had in the gut that pumped out of him just from his vocals. Yeah. So I can imagine that at at the corner, him digging deep into certain words and stuff, and especially if he's trying to audition, he's mm-hmm. trying to impress you. So I can just imagine, you know, even with sight. That voice is amazing. And, oh yeah, and the amount of maturity and stuff like that in that voice, even even with sight, you right. know. Yeah. So Barry signs him on the spot. Oh yeah, because that's the type of dude Barry is. Yes. So he signs him on the spot. And so I've heard conflicting stories about this. Some some things that I saw. Uh, sorry, saw said that Barry himself gave him the name Stevie Wonder, and then others said it was the producer. I believe it was the producer. I'm just going to say that because I've read a lot about Barry Gordy. (laughs) And he would probably take credit for that, right? Yes, he would. Yeah. So we're going to give it to the producer just off the strength of that. Even if it was you, Barry, you've made enough money. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) You don't need us shouting you out, too. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Barry got, um, got him in with the producer to start working on the records and this producer, fuck, I can't remember his name either now. I'm so sorry. But he was basically like, all right, we can't keep calling you the the eighth wonder of the world. No. (laughs) So I'm just going to call you Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Which is kind of funny because I didn't even think about the fact that that, that Stevie Wonder was a stage name. Like, it was just so perfect for him. I did (laughs) too. All my life growing up, I felt like that was his real name. Right? But when my brother told me, he was like, Alicia Keys is not her real name. And I'm like, really? And he's like, come on, she plays piano. Her last name is Keys. Then that's when I started thinking about other artists. I'm yeah, like, yeah, Stevie yeah. Wonder's so great. His last name can't possibly be Wonder. Like, yeah, and that's funny because you know, um, so we, you know, we do reaction videos on our main channel, and we did a bunch of Stevie Wonder full albums. Mm-hmm. And I remember the whole time, like, I kept thinking, like, this this guy really is wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy that that's that his name just matches so well. And yeah. then I find out it's a stage name. I'm like, well, duh. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was dumb for <laughs> for not even realizing that. You know what I mean? Oh wow. Well. But it is what it is. So Stevie's up in Motown. Oh my gosh! Obviously, he's, like you said, signed on the spot. Signed on the spot. He's charting. He's he's charting like crazy. Well, let's let's say something about that. Okay. So his first. So we put out a few like singles or whatever that didn't really go anywhere at first. Right. But the thing that really made it pop was a live album that he did. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And the single. Fingertips. Fingertips. Mm-hmm. Who on the drums? <laughs> Was a guy named Marvin Gaye. Yes, sir. So I just wanted to say that because I think that's wild. That's amazing. We got to shout out all these artists. I wanted to shout out more musicians. We need to do a podcast on the musicians behind albums because I watched some footage last night and like they had like a reunion for the songs in the key of life and all those Mm. musicians got together and it's just amazing to hear all their 140 stories. Of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just amazing to hear. So we should do some, like, a musician's podcast. Like, yeah. the behind-the-scenes people. I think that would be great. The ones that kind of recur in different albums, I think that would be great. Or right, the right, right. producers that recur in different albums. Right, I think right. that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, screw those guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we only care about Stevie, okay? <laughs> For this hour. If you're not Stevie, we don't give a shit. So Stevie is awesome. <laughs> right so yeah so he i mean when that um fingertips mm-hmm. he was like 12 years old yes he was it's insane mm-hmm. and that went to like number one on the singles chart yes it did he's still i believe the youngest person to ever top the chart yeah i don't know if to this day but up until like 2016 he was yeah i mean who would who maybe like bieber uh, maybe. Like, who would even be in the conversation? You it know would what I mean? be like a Bieber, but I wouldn't. I mean, Bieber can play guitar, but he plays guitar and he sings. I, I want, I think Bieber, you, you got to do a little bit more. You got to yeah. do a little bit more. Because <laughs> Stevie does a lot. He does a lot. Well, he wasn't really writing so much yet at this point because it's Motown 
And Motown, it's funny because I just realized this. So they call it Motown because, you know, Detroit was where they made all the cars mm -hmm. and all these factories. Mm -hmm. And Motown was a music factory. It was churning out people like crazy. Hits, hits after hits after hits. Yeah, like it literally was like, okay, we have these people that write the songs. We have these people that play the music. We have these people that sing. And they're just churning it out. And Barry Gordy at the top of all of it, overseeing yes. everything. He's the ha, 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 ha. Oh, no. James. Was that James? Yes, James fell down. I'll get him. <laughs> so, He's so rebellious. So I'm going to keep talking while we while we recover off our fallen friend. So yeah, so Stevie is just a young lad putting out songs. Yeah, and writing a hit song for the Miracles, too, for Smokey Robinson. Yes. And can you believe that? I thought that was your song, Smokey. Tears of a Clown? I thought you were a songwriter, Smokey. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He dropped the ball and Stevie picked it up. Whoa. So, yeah, this is the story behind that. One day, Smokey was feeling really lazy and he was like, I'm tired of writing songs. I'm tired of being perfect and writing hits. And Stevie's like, say what? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Smokey wasn't feeling well one day. He called out and they had Stevie come in <laughs> and cover his shift and he wrote a hit. Yeah, we'll go with that. That's, that's definitely what happened. According to the official records. <laughs> So little Stevie Wonder, first of all, I want to say he was just murdering the harmonica at this point. Oh, my God. Like, you, yeah. you listen to the early harmonica solos. It's like, I've never heard anyone play harmonica this good. First of all, <laughs> I just want to say that. But, you know, time goes on. He just keeps putting things out. He, he gets bigger and bigger. And he's still, like, not even really an adult yet. No, he's finally starting to grow up. Mm -hmm. And his contract's about to run out. Yes. He's about to turn 21, and he's almost going to become a free agent. Yes. If people don't get with the program. Well, what I what I heard is that he had an opt-out clause mm -hmm. when once he turned 21. Yes. Because, you know, they signed him at so young. It's yeah. like he didn't even really have any authority over his own decisions. Right. Time. It's only fair unless you would, you know, want to violate child labor laws. <laughs> We're talking about Detroit, okay? <laughs> so. And the 50s. He's working in a factory. It's just a music factory. Exactly. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, so so Stevie knows that he has that opt-out clause. And yes. He has a lot of leverage at this point. Yes, because he is amazing as an artist. Not only is he amazing as an artist, but it, he's easy to work with. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. So that's going to make all everybody at another record label want you badly. Yeah, and this is the thing that I love so much about Stevie. It's like there's a lot of extremely talented, you know, musicians that have existed, but I feel like nobody has anything bad to say about Stevie. This man, when he talks about, I'm telling you, he's 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 probably my favorite artist of all time. Just learning his personality and mm -hmm. what he thinks and what he wants to put out into the world and stuff, and that he hopes that he's done enough good in this world. Like he's mm -hmm. actually said those things, and I'm just like. Do I need to cry right now, Stevie? Like, I mean, my God. And then he, you're going to sing well. Uh, yeah. And it's like, you know, everybody, nobody's perfect or anything. But him, like, listening to his music, it's just like he feels like such a pure soul. Yes. You know? That's, that's the amazing part of it. So he's cranking out hits. He's writing songs. He's playing instruments. He's telling you to do this. He's telling the, the engineer that this is, there's a little fuzz on that. He's telling Bord, Barry Gordy, you got a little stain on your shirt. Stevie's right. hitting so, on all cylinders, okay? <laughs> so, right. So, okay. So, he's about to get to the point where he can opt out of his contract, right? Yes. So, Barry comes up, you know, how he does. He's like, hey, Stevie, I got another song for you. Let's do this. Let's do that. Get on and your Stevie, hands and knees, Steve, and write me that song. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Stevie's like, hold on. I'm not just going to do all this shit that you want me to do anymore. Because no. now I'm an adult. I'm not just some kid. That's right. And I clearly have my own artistic vision. That's what the big deal was. Yes. Right? Because Marvin had already put out what's going on. Right. Which we also reviewed. Check us out on Side After Dark. Oh, that was one of the first ones. Yeah, that was like one of our first, that was first we, we ones. We didn't even have headphones. We didn't have headphones or lighting or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, we yeah. were children. <laughs> um, but, yeah. We were children two years ago. <laughs> So yeah, Marvin's come out with uh, what's going on and that already, he was button heads with Barry over that because Barry wants to crank out the pop hits. He doesn't want you to get too political. He doesn't want too much backlash coming right. on. And that's understandable. You know, you're talking about a black label in the middle of Detroit, 
pre-segregation. You never know kind of what I'm feeling like Barry's kind of thinking on those levels as well as money making levels. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't want too much uh, static, you know, so. Right. But Stevie wants to put out this album. Barry still wants to sell records to white people. Yeah. Hot (laughs) hot on the charts, pop, stuff like that, that the kids are going to twist at the soda shops too and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. And that the grandparents too, like even like on on the black level, the grandparents are not going to call the devil's music. It's not going to be too, um, you know, I don't want to grind on you. Whoa, what is this? Exactly. You know, you know. I'm not trying to hear any devil music. Exactly. Don't play that backwards. Right. I'm going to get, you know, there's going to be a trance or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like... Did you hear what they're saying when you play the records backwards? That's like kill your mother. So, quick side note: that's just one of my favorite like myths of like the music industry. That shit is so funny to me. It is. It is. It's like you if you play anything backwards, your brain could fill in whatever the hell you want. Whatever. <laughs> like you can literally write a whole poem of like a backwards. But anyway, we're coming out with a backwards album this December. Yeah, don't play it forwards. It'll just sound like shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right so stevie yes he's, he wants his own creative freedom that's his issue with mm-hmm. barry and barry's like okay well your contract's almost up and uh oh man you i'm gonna have another thought-provoking album where people open up and get really vulnerable and care about each other right but also remember stevie has leverage not only because he's amazing but also because he's writing hits for other people on his label yes he is so not only does he want to keep him as an artist he wants to keep him as a songwriter as well he's not gonna lose stevie and that's a quote you're not gonna lose stevie i mean if you know anything (laughs) if you got stevie on your label you're gonna do whatever you can to keep stevie around whatever you can so stevie says that uh he and barry gordy from the beginning were very straight up and i know i know that that barry gordy is like that he's very straight up with you if he doesn't like he doesn't like it and if you don't like it you could actually come to him and talk to him yeah head to head and straight up so i'm imagining there was a lot of back and forth are you Mm. fucking crazy how much millions of dollars you wanted (laughs) I'm, i'm 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 Assuming all of that went on. Yeah. And then Barry had to kiss the ring. He had to shell out $13 million to keep Stevie Wonder. And that was a lot of money back in those days. A whole heap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now, not only does Stevie have money, Mm -hmm. but he's got a lot more creative freedom. Yes. And this is when he starts to go into... What some call the classic period. His classic period. Which is honestly probably the most incredible run of albums and music that's ever happened. It's ever. insane. He's a lot of firsts. Even the $13 million contract, I believe, was the highest for an art- artist of all time at mm. that point. That I you would it. pay to, to get an artist like Stevie. He's just breaking records all over the place. Right. All right. So, yeah. So, he's in his classical period where every year he puts out an album. And every year, what happens with the album? It goes to number one and he wins a Grammy. Right. (laughs) And, okay, so another thing about um, this time is not only is he writing all this stuff, but he's also, like, really on, like, the cutting edge. Yes, on top of that. Yeah, of, like, what music is and, like, music production. He he links up with these two guys that have been building this ridiculous synthesizer. Yes, one of the last names is Cecil, and I believe it's Margolif. Yeah. I believe that's the last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically, so a little side note on them. So they were working on this before they met Stevie. Yes. And then, it, you know, it came together in such a great way. Yeah. But they were working on this thing. They called it the Tonto Synthesizer. Right. It was huge. They had a whole album with these sounds. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, the way that it first happened is um, one of the guys he worked with Moog uh, Synthesizer. So he was like a synth genius. Yeah. And he got one synthesizer. And like, we talked about this before. So we, a few years ago, the Met Museum in New York. They had like a exhibit mm-hmm. of, you know, famous rock instruments and like rock things. And we went there and we were yeah. looking at these synths and we were like, geez, this synth is like a whole wall. Yeah. Like this thing is crazy. Yeah. So what they did is they took those synths that were whole walls and they combined them. Yes, they did. So, so not only did you have one synth that was a whole wall, you had one synth that was a whole room. Mm-hmm. And it could create basically so many sounds and tones that nobody really was able to reproduce before. Right. At least by a synthesizer. Yes, and I just want to say that these guys set up set up their studio in New York, and that makes me just think that they also built Batman's computer. 
<laughs> but anyway, Probably. let's get back to it. Um, so yeah, so they built this synthesizer. So they put out an album of music with that synthesizer before they met Stevie. Mm-hmm. And then Stevie heard it and heard was like, album. oh my God, like this is what I need to make my my um, my visions come to life. And another quick little thing. One of, Stevie, one of my favorite quotes from Stevie, I'm, I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but I'm pretty sure what he said was like, just because somebody doesn't have sight doesn't yeah. mean they don't have vision. Yeah, that was a great one. And he really, I mean, he wasn't just saying that. He had total vision. So he had, uh, when that album went to number one, Barry Gordy patted himself on the back and said, what a brilliant negotiator you are. <laughs> That's a quote. <laughs> but Stevie, I reading about this and researching this, I can't believe he was at the forefront for all these synthesizers and R&B music because that's all I grew up with mm-hmm. was synthesizers and R&B music. And that's insane. And it was Stevie Wonder. Because, I, I mean, I honestly felt he did have a classic period because I felt like I was always listening to Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Like every song was always coming on. So he's in his classical phase. He's starting out with this uh, Tonto. And what they did was they, to make the song Superstition, they plugged uh two pedals into a clavinet Mm -hmm. which is like a little keyboard and then also used a distortion pedal and then produce it through tonto right which is absolutely insane yeah they were just doing all kinds of crazy like studio trickery yeah and something else to mention so not only is stevie writing all the songs he's playing basically every instrument yeah he's playing the drums yeah well which on Superstition. No, no, he is playing the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that song started out because it belonged to Jeff Beck. It was supposed to be for Jeff Beck. Right. So Stevie wrote Superstition for Jeff Beck. And when I heard that, I'm just like, how would that even have worked? They played it. Um, Jeff is actually playing the drums. Jeff came up with the drum beat for really? that. Yes. Oh, and they that. say that Jeff is actually playing the drums on Superstition. Oh. The one that's recorded. And you can go and listen to a Jeff Beck album where Superstition was for him, where they actually played his version. Yeah. It's a little bit slower. Yeah. It's still dope. Yeah. But it's not. It's just got the same kind of like drum thing going on. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, because I always thought it was Stevie playing the drums on that. No, they say it's Jeff Beck playing the drums on Superstition. And then the song just ended up going to stevie because he kept it i don't know but now stevie's got everybody playing the drums on that he's got his own kid playing the drums on it he interviewed with some uh british host and the host was playing the drums on it and you just you just switch people out on the drums. it's just a beat that all the kids can get behind you know what i mean it's just I, a good time and uh people love to play it i guess so and then i've actually seen footage of jeff and uh stevie playing it recently within the past 10 years i'm saying mm. but jeff was playing guitar and stevie was playing right the clavinet right um, so the first album in this classical period with the Tonto was Music of My Mind. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's, again, at this point, like, this is really the first that people were hearing Stevie's actual visions. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, the Motown visions or what, you know, what Barry wants it to kind of be like. Right. It's really like, this is Stevie. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, Music of My Mind, it really is the music of his mind because mm-hmm. he's, he's writing it, he's producing it, he's playing all of it. Like, this is what his brain sounds like then that's the thing that's so crazy to me when I listen to it. It's like there's really no outside influence in a way. Like, obviously, he's working with people, but, like, the final... Like, he has complete control over what the final sound is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so amazing. I mean, he's such a great artist, and he can just bring himself to the forefront like that and be so vulnerable. It's just really amazing. So he's making these albums, mm-hmm. and every year, <laughs> he's rocketing to the top. <laughs> and... uh like I think he 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 takes a couple uh, years off to get married, uh-huh. right? To introduce himself to um, Sarita, Sarita, who is a Motown secretary, mm. and they get married, and then um, he takes some time off, gets introduced into transcendental uh, meditation, becomes a vegetarian and then a vegan, and then comes out with the secret life of plants. Well, he also wait. We skipped over the car accident. Oh yeah. He's so so music in my mind. Then what was it? I'm? There's so many albums within this four per- period. I kind of forget which one came out in what order. There are five th- of them. Yeah. Yeah. So music in my mind, and then inner, and then inner visions. I think. Yes, and then there's uh, well, songs in the key comes after. That, that. was the last of the classic. Yeah. yeah. But I know that he got in a car accident like 
literally like three, four days after Inner Visions comes out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that really affected him. Yeah. I mean, it was like a bad car accident. Like He, he was, was in a coma for two days. Yeah, he was in a coma. He was basically recovering for like a year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. So that really kind of affects, you know, just his outlook mm -hmm. on life and things like that. And I'm sure it made him even more like thankful to be you know, alive and to be doing what he was doing. Right. And then, so his next album, it he has so many ideas coming around that it takes like two years to make this album. Yeah. And it ends up being Songs in the Key of Life. Yeah. Which is a double album. Yeah. And apparently he was like, I got like a hundred songs I could put on this album. I got to right. figure out which ones to actually make the cut. They weren't know? sure if they wanted to make that a double album, but he was like adamant about it. And he puts out Songs in the Key of Life, which is yeah. crazy. And okay, so that I want to say this because this is funny. We keep alluding to this. So before Songs of the Key of Life, he put out at least one album every year. Mm -hmm. That one album of the year. Yes. Three years in a row, he wins album of the year. Yes, he does. And the one year off in between, <laughs> I think fulfilling this is first finale and right. then break and then Songs in the Key of Life. But I'm not totally sure. But in that one year off, Paul Simon wins the award. 76. And what does he say? He's like, he just wanted to thank Stevie for not putting out an album this year. <laughs> Which is so funny to me. Because like, you know, a lot of musicians have a lot of ego. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that Paul would just like acknowledge, he's like, I'm only getting this because Stevie didn't put out an album. <laughs> not only does that show like a cool side of Paul Simon, but it also just speaks to how fucking amazing Stevie was and how everybody knew how great he was. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like we don't even have a shot if he puts an album out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. And that's a beautiful album that had so many great uh, vocalists, writers, musicians on it. I mean, we, we did that album, mm -hmm. you know. Um, thanks. Shout out to Patriots. And go out and look for us covering that album as well. And Check out our reactions, people. <laughs> that one, uh, they did a reunion for it. And one of the... Um, one of the guitarists was so young, he was like 17, and they did a reunion for all the musicians to come back and uh, re-record re some songs, and he says to Stevie, he was like, yeah, you know, I just I just started playing with you, and it just started his whole music career after mm -hmm. that, and right there in that moment, he realizes that he didn't even get his diploma. Like he doesn't, he didn't even get his diploma. He just started, I forgot. you know what I mean? He just starts working for Stevie. That album rockets to number one. And then yeah. every musician becomes in demand. Like mm. that's just what happened to him. And there's a lot of musicians. Yes. Because by the time songs in the key of life come out, he had like a falling out with the Tonto guys. Yes. Because they never signed any kind of contract. Any contract. So they couldn't really decide who gets half of what, who gets what this, this is that. Which, yeah. I mean, they should have really just broke it down. There's a way to break it. They should have figured it out. Yeah. But also shout out to them. Um, so they, they had set up in, um, well, you said they set up in New York. They set up in Electric Lady Studios, mm -hmm. which if y'all don't know, was the studio that Jimi Hendrix created, yep. you know, back in the day. Uh, and then they moved to LA. So they were just all over the place. Just like, they were really like the three of them, they were like really like a strong partnership for like three, four years during yeah. this classic run. Yeah. And that's unfortunate that they fell out because they did everything for Stevie and Electric Studio, uh, Lady Studios. They uh, made little compartments and stuff so he could lead him around and stuff mm -hmm. like that so he could be totally comfortable and make his music the way he wanted to make it. So that is kind of unfortunate. Right. And even like the way that the Tonto was set up, like it was like you could basically sit in the middle and just like turn mm -hmm. and be on all of his keyboards so it was really set up so that he to make it basically the easiest as possible for him yeah. to, to do what he does yeah but anyway so they had a falling out so songs in the key of life actually wasn't really tonto based he had like 140 musicians mm -hmm. on the album mm -hmm. which is crazy because you know again he's the director he's the producer he's arranging it i mean he's basically the conductor of this huge orchestra of musicians to make his vision possible right and i heard that he picked he picked out all of those musicians himself, too. They auditioned for him, and he, he picked them out, which is so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things, it's like, you know, it's hard to think about it now because, like, Stevie is still, you know, around, and he's still on this earth. Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, assuming that humans last for a couple hundred more years, I mean, I really think people are going to talk about Stevie on a level of, you know, a Beethoven or a Absolutely. Mozart. I mean, he's clearly a child prodigy that just was... 
as a single musician, I don't know if there's anybody more talented in the past hundreds of years. I don't think so either because um, he's hitting on every level. Like, you know what I mean? It's the production, it's the innovation, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's the ability to play all the instruments really well, not just like you know, um, hitting here and there. It's it's the way he sings. It's the fact that he could still sing like that to this day. Yeah. That's incredible. That yeah. is incredible. That's a testament. That is a gift, you know, because not every, not, I don't know anybody that was able to do that. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, no, I got to shout out, just his singing voice is so incredible. Mm-hmm. Like he can do like, he can be like so soft and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then he can also go into that, ah, like that growl range. I mean, there's yeah. some, you'll see if you look at, if you've seen any of our reactions, there's some like words that he'll hit so mm-hmm. strong that I'm like, oh my God, like, is this is all him? This yeah. is crazy. Living for the city is a perfect example of that. Yeah. One. There's that whole, la- that whole last verse. Yeah. Is like, yeah. It's just gritty. Like yeah. it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. The influence that he had. Yeah. So amazing. I mean, um, there's another, oh uh, gosh, I know the classic album. He's when he's kind of drawing in the sand, something about the handbook. There's, and he's got the corn braids and yeah. he's looking down in the sand. That's another album. Yeah, from the classic period. Yeah, because we can't find all the albums, but we do know them. So it's like they're popping in my head randomly. You know what's funny, though? This is almost a compliment to Stevie. Yeah. That during this period, he put out so... Like, I'm not even going to try to say all of the singles. Yeah, it's no. just, there's so many. We know so many. I mean, they were mentioning them last night and I was like, I know all these. And it's like, because we did the album, you know, yeah. I mean, but I also... And this is before, I want to call it my Stevie era, which is like the 80s, mm-hmm. which I felt like Every time I turned around, I knew a Stevie Wonder song. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. But we're still in Songs of the Key of Life. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's a testament to him, like how prolific he was. Yeah. That we're talking about this now and we can't even remember all the things that he put out because they're all just so good. Yeah. But, um, so Songs in the Key of Life, there's just bangers and bangers and bangers on that album. Uh Uh-huh. Like Uh to this day, like there was some that we, you know, when we did that album, I was like, oh, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, I know this song. Oh, I know this song too. Like I had no idea how many great songs were. It's almost like a greatest hits album. It almost it's crazy. Is. It's really crazy. Loves the need of love today. There's so many great ones, and like I get it. I finally, after like all my research and thinking about Stevie, like I get it. I totally get it now. Yeah. Like you know, I used to think those songs like in the beginning from the '70s. I didn't want to like listen to them too much because they were so sad. Like mm-hmm. to me, to me personally, you know. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I want to listen to this. But when you get past that. And you just look at the actual creation, like what Stevie made. It's just mm-hmm. like, he's like my favorite. All right. So moving along. I have one thing I want to say what? about, um, this is just a funny story. So Songs of the Key of Life has a song on it called, Isn't She Lovely? Oh. Right. And people always play this song at like weddings and stuff. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I always thought he wrote it for like a woman that he was in love with. Yeah. But it's not. It's about his newborn daughter. Yes. And when I was a kid, I would be listening to the lyrics and I would be like, isn't she lovely? Less than one minute old. And I'm like, (laughs) no one else thinks that's creepy. Because I I thought he was talking about a woman. I was like, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. And then as I learn more about it, I'm like, oh, it's for his daughter. It's for his daughter. And then I'm like, am I an idiot for not realizing that? Because it's not like I thought this once. Yeah. I thought this many times hearing this song when I was younger. Stevie's a creeper. Yeah. So Stevie uh, divorces Sarita. Their marriage only lasted two years. And Mm -hmm. he gets married. And then he to Yolanda. And they have a baby, Aisha. Yeah. And then one day, Stevie's just hearing Yolanda bathing Aisha. And she's splashing around in the bathtub. And it almost brought him to tears. Like, it was just a moment. So that's what inspired him to write, Isn't She Lovely? Yeah. And that's absolutely beautiful. I saw an interview with Aisha and Stevie. She's a grown woman, of course, now. I think she's about 45. And um, they asked her if she ever gets sick of this song, like, at all. And she said, of course, that song sucks. <laughs> it's the worst song I ever heard. It's the worst song ever. No, of course. She said she never, ever, and even the way she says it, she was like, she never, ever gets tired of that song. Yeah. I could see that, too. I'm not sick and tired of that song. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten sick and tired of many a song. Yes. Yes. None by Stevie Wonder, though. And it's crazy, because Songs in the Key of Life is almost like the perfect title, for that album because he goes through so many different thoughts and like emotions, you know, through that album that again, he wouldn't have been able to express if he had stayed under the control of 
of Barry Gordy. It's true. Because he's just saying all these things that he wants to say, like that are covering so many different topics, mm-hmm. um, you know, from everything from, you know, racial inequality to even politics. He has a song where he's talking shit about Nixon. Yes. You know what I mean? To, to you know, typical love songs. Like he's doing all this, just a crazy like um, spread of songs that really do encompass like a lot of life. Yeah. If he were still with Barry, that album would have been called Songs. <laughs> the album is called Music <laughs> by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, so some some would consider that his magnum opus. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, all of those albums were so good. It's hard to just say that this one is the best one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not um, my favorite Stevie album. You got to come into the 80s. <laughs> Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. So after Songs of the Key of Life, I mean, dude runs the music world. I mean, everybody <laughs> knows he's the fucking best in the world. I mean, he wins at Grammy of the Year every time he puts out an album. Exactly. He's Let got her. a top hat with a monocle. He's got a cane with a diamond at the top. He's got spats. Yeah. He's in control. He's just he's just doing a great job of, <laughs> of, of running things. And then, so he takes a little time off. Yeah. He comes back with this album... It was a soundtrack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the journey through the life of plants. I mean, you're just asking for it, Stevie. Here's the thing, though. So I listened <laughs> to that album last night, and it's great. That's the crazy thing, right? You're so great that <laughs> your worst is great. Yeah. Good night, Stevie. That's the thing. Like, his... I'm not even going to call this... I'm not going to say it's his worst album, necessarily. You know, that's a subjective thing. You, y'all can have your own opinions. It's but it's worst. like... Let's say it is his worst album. It's still better than like 99% of albums. Absolutely. <laughs> like it's kind of insane. Yeah. And yeah, so it was like, it was a soundtrack album. And like literally like I can put that on just in the background, just be chilling. It's great. Yeah. I think, um, I think people just wanted to say something. You know what I mean? Well, if you're on top, if you're that good for that long, like yeah. at some point, some people are kind of looking for you to slip up a little bit. I think people just wanted to say something. And I think whoever the... The person was that let him go through with that album title was one of those people that wanted to shake things up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, sure, that's a great title. Like, that's... <laughs> or Stevie was just like, this is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, who's... At this point, like, who's going to tell Stevie anything? The critics. You know what I'm saying, though? Yeah. Like, but I mean, like, in the industry, it's like, no, like, no. this is clearly... Exactly, yeah. If he's in the studio and he's like, oh, no, I want to do this. If you feel in your gut, like, mm, this may not sound too right. You're not going to tell him that after his five classical periods. You can't. You <laughs> You don't have the option. You better not. Get Because you know why? Because you're not Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Who hair is Stevie Wonder? Please raise your hand. Okay, let's Will the, the real Stevie please stand up? <laughs> so... Okay, so he puts out that album. You know, it's not, you know, necessarily on par with the albums from the classic period. Yeah. And maybe he can kind of feel that a little bit because mm-hmm. the next album he puts out like six months after that, after taking like two years off in yeah. between albums. And it's a banger of an album. Yeah. Stevie was like, they said what? I'm going in the <laughs> studio right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So he's got this album. It comes out. It is totally commercial yeah super commercial my favorite stevie album sorry i mean i know it's commercial but i was a little child and these songs used to have me hopping and bouncing all over the place Mm -hmm. so i mean it's um let's see if he's got the corn braids it's 1980 it's the new decade yes let's go i do feel like that's the most iconic album cover of his it's one of the best we could probably go into our uh, podcast about album artwork yeah. That's a that's an iconic cover. I mean, he's got the aviators on. He's got the signature beads. Yeah. Because that's how I remember him as a child. That's Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, when I think of, like, Stevie, like, that's that's the image that I think of. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure, for sure. And that album doesn't just go number one. That album goes diamond. And that album was called? I don't know. <laughs> Master Blaster K. No. <laughs> It's funny because I don't remember either. I just I'm just picturing it. I'm like, how am I forgetting? I want to call it Master Blaster, but the song on it was Master Blaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Banger. 
Banger um, alert. Banger. <laughs> we got to look for this album. <laughs> well, I'll put it, there'll be a picture of it right here. So y'all know what we're talking about. We're not going to tell you. We're just going to say it's 1980. It went diamond. This is trivia. You got to go look it up. Exactly. This is trivia. Answer this question and win a sad sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. But only the first person that answers. That's right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> first We're not giving out thousands of stickers. Let us know the album and then we'll give you a sticker. Just kidding. We're not giving out thousands of stickers because thousands of people don't listen to this. <laughs> We're not giving out dozens of stickers. Okay. <laughs> We're not giving out five stickers. (laughs) Maybe four. We'll see what happens. Um, Okay, yeah. So, so 80s Stevie, you know, it's just so funny because you think of 80s Stevie and you're like, oh, well, you know, it's it's not what he was in the 70s, but like it's still so good Mm -hmm. that it's just crazy. Yeah. That it's kind of like, it's almost similar. We were talking on the Floyd episode, the Pink Floyd episode, like, it's crazy, like, when you listen to some of their albums and you you can listen to it and you're like, eh, this isn't really, you know, their best. But, like, at the time, it's like, this is still great. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's so it's crazy to think of the 80s Stevie and, like, almost not talking about it as glowingly. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the music is still so much better than so much music that's out there. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, I adore 80s Stevie Wonder. Absolutely adore him. Like, I mean, um... He had, in the 70s, written a tribute song to uh, Duke Ellington that mm-hmm. I believe was on songs as well. Yeah. And that was called Sir Duke. So for this album, Bob Marley had just died. Mm-hmm. And so he came out with Master Blaster, and that song was dedicated to him. And I think that song is freaking awesome. Yeah, it's a jam. That's awesome. I mean, I, I absolutely adore A.D. Stevie. So he's coming down the line. He's going into his 80s, and now he's a political activist. Yes. Stevie, how'd you do it? He just does what he does. He's just that good. No one's going to stop him. Stevie Wonder wants you to make a new holiday. Okay. You know what's crazy? I actually didn't know about that before. I thought that there was always an MLK holiday. Like, I didn't know that Stevie made this holiday in our, basically in our lifetime, practically. That's what I'm saying. Like, the whole time that I've been around, like, I've always just known MLK Day to be a holiday. Like, I didn't, I really never never thought about the history of it becoming a holiday. But apparently Stevie was, like, spearheading that. Yes, he was. I'm like, damn, like, Stevie is just prolific. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not just abuse. Like, he's just, whatever he wants to do and he really feels in his heart is what he should be doing. Like, he does it. Yeah. You know? I thought he came up with the happy birthday song just to say happy birthday to Dr. King. Like, I thought maybe there was an anniversary of his death coming up and, like, you know what I mean? And he just wrote that song but that song helped him with his movement to get Mm -hmm. mlk day to be a a national holiday which is just amazing stevie you can't get any greater all right so stevie is a wonderful wonderful guy but he's having uh he's got relationships he's got kids he's got kids and relationships and he just doesn't like to let the ladies go (laughs) you got to understand that's just how stevie is he's gonna keep going through until he can find that perfect lady that's to settle down with that'll allow him to settle down every night with other ladies (laughs) he needs that lady in his life And apparently, Stevie (laughs) was always a bit of a ladies' man. Coming right into Motown, he wanted to find one of the hot girls, so he flirts with Diana Ross. Like, you know, he's like, I got to get with this. He said that if you have an, if a lady has a nice blouse on, she doesn't uh, speak too loudly. And um, I forgot what the other one, and it's light on her feet then she's hot. So when you say nice blouse, you mean like the material? Yeah. You know, you're like, mm, you know I, what I mean? Like, how does he know? I guess you, you can feel the cheapness. You can feel JCPenney versus yeah. Silk. You can feel it. You know, it's, it's funny. little side note. So like, I was thinking about this shit. Like, I've been thinking about like, you know, obviously, I, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to have my vision. So I'm just like imagining like, you know, what life would be going like through that. And at first I was like, I can't believe I'm thinking this. I'm like, I'm like, am I crazy for thinking this? At first I was like, how did he even know that he was black? And then 
I realized I'm definitely not the only person that's thought that because that's literally the Dave Chappelle skit. Like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And then I thought of like Ray Charles. Like he would be like, oh, like I would know that a woman is pretty by like her the, her hand. Yeah. And like shit like that. And then you're talking about like the blouses and shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering like how, you know, like how they're, he's able to like go through that. You yeah. know what I mean? And like really just like he's just live his life and just do all these things that he wants to do. It's just so crazy. It's like so inspiring. He seemed all right with it because even in church, they said that Stevie will roll up on a lady and be like, I'm, I want to give you, I'm going to give you everything that God promised you. (laughs) Wow. That's fire. Wow. So Stevie does not care about vision at all. Okay. (laughs) At all. And he was young doing that. That's okay. baller. <laughs> and you're like, okay, Stevie. Okay. All right, Stevie. Wow. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, always with the ladies. Um, now he has nine children. I believe his youngest is around like five or six years old. But um, Stevie's very strong still. He's got them up on his shoulder carrying them. They're like six or seven. I mean, he's only 67. He's actually not that old. Like when I think about like my mom and stuff like that, it's just like she's very vital. Like, you know what I mean? It'd be like putting her in the coffin right now thinking like, oh, how can Stevie do it? And anyway, he loves the ladies and he loves the relationships. And I just had to segue, you know, because we did remind you we will be making some type of fun. This is true. Yes, we are. We are the maniacs of music. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so we're coming into the 80s. Um Not too. I mean, the 80s were a really big time. So Stevie's getting into Grammy Halls of Fame. He's uh, he's in the R&B Hall of Fame as well, I believe. Uh, not rock and roll, but Grammy. Um, and there's there's another one. There's three of them, three Hall of Fames that he's in. And uh, so pretty much um, after this 80s period, you know, he's pretty much becoming... Victory lap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's like everybody knows Stevie's great. So now it's just basically paying you your honors, giving you your dues, telling you how great you were. And then now people start sampling stevie right because you know hip-hop's coming out right and people start sampling him and he's been sampled before but one of his hugest samples comes from coolio the rapper Mm -hmm. and this is uh stevie's version is pastime paradise Paradise. and coolio's version is (laughs) gangsta's paradise Paradise. now We uh, actually reacted to this song, so go look for it to listen. We yeah. were so disappointed in the sample. But I've, I haven't i have totally changed my mind, but after looking at the interview last night, I have, I have a different um, take on this. Yeah, okay. So what we said in the reaction, we were like, wow, like this sample was like, he sampled like the entire song. <laughs> <laughs> like, like even like the hook, like, like yeah. pretty much everything. We were like, damn, like I thought... He was a little more original than that, but <laughs> I guess not. But Stevie was cool with it. Stevie was cool with it, and the performance was really cool. So it was like they show the interview with Coolio, and he said he walks into the studio, the producer's uh, producing, and the beat's flying all over the air. And Stu- Coolio's like, oh, my God, what is that? And the producer's like, oh, is there something I'm working on? And Coolio's like, that's mine. Uh, he was like, who is that? And he was like, it's Stevie Wonder. He was like, Stevie, I never heard this. I guess Coolio's from the same kind of school that I am, where it's like uh-huh. you just know 80s Stevie, and you don't know. And if you do know 70s Stevie, it's popular songs. It's yeah, not something like, like Pastime. Exactly, Pastime Paradise. So, you know, Coolio's like, I don't, I don't care how much money you want for it. It's mine. I'm going to take it. So then he does it, and then they perform it. Mm-hmm. on the MTV Awards, which I thought was pretty awesome. First of all, what I thought was awesome, looking back at the video, the guy that sings the hook, the big guy, I don't know his name, but you know him and Coolio, <laughs> they're in their street gang clothes like all right, the right, time, right. right? So this guy's up on the um, award stage and he's singing it. He's singing the hook so eloquently, okay? Mm-hmm. He enunciates every single word in pastime paradise mm-hmm. it's like so it's like if you picture it like he's on the stage with his street gang plaid you know and he's like been singing my, like, you know. our lives <laughs> listen it was insane yeah so i'm like so i'm feeling it already and like my hairs are kind of standing on end a little bit i'm like this is this is getting into it so you know coolio's rapping and then he finishes his verse, and then it's time for Stevie to come out. And the whole audience doesn't know Stevie's coming out. 
Yeah, that's so crazy. So they got the choir and the little boys are walking Stevie out. They kind of got a little bop. And Stevie's singing as he's coming to the front of the stage. And it's awesome. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's so great. And I was like, now I like it. Now that, you know, now that I can see Stevie down with it, I'm totally for it. Yeah, now it has the Stevie stamp of approval. Yeah. Which means it has the sad stamp of approval. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yeah, and that, that was like the biggest selling song in 96 yeah in the world yeah I think. that's insane that's insane yeah yeah um he does a lot of international we're skipping all over the place i want to skip back to the woman in red movie mm. because um that song became an international success and it kind of broke a lot of racial barriers in the um, early 80s it was a gene wilder movie called the woman in red and the song was i i just called to say i love you mm. and that song hit everybody all over the planet and everybody loved that song after and once again stevie <laughs> was like one of the first to do something like that you know so but yeah back to the 90s yeah i mean he's just so prolific and then once you get to you know you get to the 90s it's like at cer- at a certain point it's like what else do you have to accomplish? <laughs> you know what I More mean? More children. No. You've won so many Grammys. You've had hundreds of hit singles. Yep. It's like nobody expects you to do anything else. Yeah. Like you could retire and not make a single other song and you will forever be known as a legend. As a legend. Like I went into Stevie Wonder's lifestyle like last night. I was like, I because it's like I just want to know more and more about him. And he's such an... He's a regular guy in these terms. So like the cars, they said how many cars, what cars he has. He's got a Rolls. Mm. He's got a BMWs, like a hatchback. Mm-hmm. He's got a Porsche. And he's got an Escalade to drive around, you know, like the, the tinted out windows. Very one regular. That every, yeah, that's so <laughs> regular, right? He don't yeah. need too much. He don't need five Ferraris. <laughs> and not at all. He doesn't need a whole garage of Porsches. Exactly. Like some other famous people we know. <laughs> Jay Leno. Chris Brown. Seinfeld. <laughs> We're looking <Jerry>. at you. <laughs> Damn it, Jerry. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just like, it's just crazy. Like, at that point, he's just so, like, everybody loves him. I mean, he just really can do no wrong. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he plays for the inauguration mm-hmm. of Obama. He does all these other crazy things. Like, it's just like, I mean, like I said, it's like, what else could you even do? Like, what else could you expect a, a singular person to accomplish? Exactly. Like, like, as a musician, he's done everything. Yeah. There's yeah. no there's no holes in his resume. You know what I mean? No. No. Not at all. Stevie's just an amazing, amazing artist. And, like, I, I'm so happy to have, like, known his music. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just feel, like I said before, I mean, like I said, nobody's perfect, but he just feels like such a pure person in a pure soul that when he sings about like oh like we know we got to get rid of love we need to we need to or we got to get rid of hate sorry no no i was with it i was (laughs) with getting rid of love no more love (laughs) stevie says love is overrated (laughs) but yeah no when he talks about you know getting rid of hate and spreading love like you really feel it yeah you know what i mean it doesn't seem like some corny shit Yep. It just like no, like this is really what he feels in his heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. He's just he's just the best. Like, I don't really know No, what else to say. I mean, I should have actually ended the podcast with saying like that that he hopes he had done like enough good in this world and stuff like that. Mm. I should have put that in the middle, but um I don't know what what else I we could say. We can say it again for dramatic effect. <laughs> and Stevie Wonder, we just want to end this. <sighs> Boom. With a quote from Stevie, bum, bum, bum. paraphrase rather, bum, where Stevie bum, feels like he's put bum, bum, bum. his heart and soul bum, into his bum, music and into bum, his work, bum, bum. and bum, 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 he really feels bum, bum, bum. connected to all the people out there in the world and bum, hopes that he has touched you in a good way bum, and bum, bum. that he's put enough good bum, bum, bum. out into the world bum, bum. to... Go there. That's what he says. To go there. Yeah. We hope so too, Stevie. And like I said, I mean, you could just really feel the positivity and the good vibes when you listen to his music. Yeah. And I think that, for like me personally, that's the thing that I think of most when I think of Stevie. Like Like, obviously, he's amazing and he, you know, he can produce and he can write and he can play all these instruments. But just his positivity and like his kind of his light and you know his vision yeah again is really what i think of the most because he's able to express his vision so so well yes that's true so clear so clearly so well yeah that's true 
Oh, man. So the biggest of shouts out to the legendary Stevie Wonder. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, is there more that we should say? Like, I don't know. There's some more. Well, thank you, Stevie. Thank you so much for like pretty much being there uh, like my my whole life. Like, you know what I mean? With great music and stuff like, you know, and just being genuine about music and not about record sales, trends. You know what I mean? That's what we love about an artist as well. Listen, you can get trendy and you can get up on the pops and stuff like that. You can do that. But like, you know, the integrity, being true to the music, being true to yourself, you can't you can't not appreciate an artist for that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're pretty much helping you along the way. Like right now I'm talking and I still have Master Blaster in my head, like from last night. Like, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. And I think it's really impressive that he's able to bring so much light to the world without him having sight. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Yes. Speaking of Like, sight. he's able to illuminate the world he after is. dark. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say that. Oh, Do okay. you know, when I was transferring from the Q train to the L train, somebody was playing Superstition on the platform. Ah. I was like, it's a sign. It's a sign. Yeah. I had to say that. Oh, that's a good way for me to end. Yeah, so shout out to Stevie. Just much love to him. I mean, if you don't, if you haven't heard a lot of his music, um, you should. Yeah, definitely. And we'll leave it with that. Like anything else that you think we missed, anything that you think you know we should have covered, definitely tell us in the comments. Leave a review if you're listening. You know all that good stuff. Um, check us out on Patreon slash Music Maniacs if you want to support the podcast. We'll read your name. You can help us you know, decide what episodes to do. And we do bonus content for every episode. So thanks for being here, everyone. We're Side After Dark, a.k.a. the Music Maniacs. And thanks for being maniacs with us. Later. I give